Welcome back to Three Count Life. This is episode 11. I'm Maria, and I'm joined with my favorite people in the world, my co-hosts, Kyle and Chris. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you? Doing good. Fantastic. Um, Let's jump right into my favorite guy. <clears throat> I'm wearing his shirt tonight because he is the champion we all deserve. We deserve better MJF. 2020 hashtag it uh he uh he's ratings he's on AEW Maxwell Jacob Friedman if you don't know who he is you should check him out um I have to ask you guys because I don't ever think I really asked you what you think about MJF like what are you fans of his are you like oh he's okay so, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I think you defended me one time. It's either you or somebody else where um, he did a promo a couple of months ago and I, I replied to it on Twitter and I said, I love everything about this dude. Right. Um, mm-hmm. As a wrestler and, and what he brings. So I'm a huge fan of MJF. I think he brings that. I'm pretty sure Chris has said this in the past. Um, he reminds me of you know, 80s, 90s wrestling and promos with, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the new age of things. So he's, he's, in my opinion, he's the total package when it comes to a uh, wrestling superstar. Okay. I mean, I agree with that, of course. Yeah. yeah, I think he's got a good mixture of the old school and the new school. Just think about, like, say, I don't know, Rick Rude or Ric Flair in their prime and their prime was actually in 2020 mm-hmm. you know they'd be, they'd be spewing out the same kind of shit on social media that he would be not giving a fuck mm-hmm. you know that that's that's how i see it as he's just he's taking the old school bringing into this new era with social media and everything involved and he's just making it his own thing but yeah okay. i mean I've, I've said it before um i think like ever since that ever since that jungle boy match he had like, I, I wasn't too sure about his wrestling capabilities until I saw the Jungle Boy match, and that's what sold me on his wrestling abilities. I've always, you know, everybody believes his talking ability. Everybody's, like, yeah, way behind that. But as soon as he had the Jungle Boy match, that's when it kind of switched in my head. I'm like, okay, I could see this guy with a championship belt on him for more than just talking shit. Yes, because, well, like I had said <clears throat> previously in the past, that he can wrestle. Uh, I guess if you didn't see him on the indie scene you wouldn't really know if you didn't follow but he he does have that behind him too it's just that he excels in on the microphone i think yeah i never watched mlw and i know he's been right. there so um i do watch indies you know, or you know ring of honor impact watch those but i never watched mlw specifically and that's what he was on i believe so yeah you know you know how some people are said that they're whatever they're doing they're born to do it <laughs> Yeah, he is, he is the epitome of that. Yeah, I agree 100. He was, he was he was born to do this, and like Chris said again, you know, the new school, old school. You can definitely tell he's a student of professional wrestling, you know, and just takes it to levels that are just it's incredible, and it's 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 just a blast to watch. So I'm a total total fan of of him. I think he's uh. He's definitely got got everything you need to be something special and to stand out. 
in professional wrestling. Yep. And I like the fact that they, for the, you know, the vignette they did backstage segment they did with him tonight, it was just a sliver. It was just a taste. It didn't like push, push the narrative or the storyline forward, but it was just enough to give you a good MJF promo and just leave it be because that's all we really needed for this week because last week was so great. You don't need, you know, continuous story progression every single week, but you, you still got a chance to, you know, witness it. So. Mm-hmm. But did anyone hear his interview on Busted Open? No. 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 Um, what do you think about him, his character right now? He's not being so openly mean and you know he's trying to get the fans on his side uh it's a little opposite of what he normally does so mm-hmm. what he's doing what he's doing what every politician does he i was just about to say yeah yeah he, he, he's politicking yeah. yes so are he's we out, he's out there kissing fake babies plastic babies yep. on the uh, by the ringside you know taking pictures with somebody and then after he walks away from taking a picture with him he's got this fucking disgusting look on his face it's like the uh, he's a politician he's the epitome yeah. of politics yeah it's the true genius that is mjf yeah. so are we we aren't seeing a technical term face no. we're seeing someone trying to get the fans on his side and then immediately turn on them when he gets what he wants yeah, he's yeah. getting the votes absolutely yeah he's getting yeah. the votes and then once he's in office He's going to say, fuck everybody, <laughs> fuck everything I said, fuck all you people, and that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. And he'll be back to, you know, kiss my ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's totally fine. And, and, and again, I think that's just part of the genius that is all about it. Chris hit the nail right on the head. Um, it's all about, he, he's literally out to get the votes <laughs> and uh, nothing more. Yep. But I, but I think it's incredible. Yep, he's got it. But we mean, I mean, we could talk. I personally could talk for an entire hour about MJF, but I won't. Uh, Same so, with me and Sasha Banks. Right, we all have our favorites. <laughs> uh, I won't do that to everybody though. Maybe one day. Uh, but we can keep going. So we're on AEW. So Chris, what other matches stood out to you? Because we know Kyle watched NXT. But no, what no. other matches stood out to you? Um, there was matches and moments. There was a bunch. Honestly, okay, go. The, the, the opening the opening match was the twelve man tag team. Um, it was Dark Order versus FTR and the Elite, and it, it, to me, it it told a story and it wasn't overly gimmicky. There's a lot of people online that are saying that ten man tags, twelve man tags is too much. And we kind of did witness that. I think it was last week when, um, who was it, Jurassic Express was in a, I can't remember who was all facing each other, but it was a 10-man tag last week. And it was kind of all over the place. It wasn't the best match. It didn't really, you know, do much. But it was just chaos. It was chaos, but not in a great way. It was still a good match, but it wasn't like, they had. it's a mixed, mixed bag. People hated it or loved it. But in this match, people were, that were saying last week that, you know, these big, a bunch of guys in one ring at, at the same time kind of matches are, are too gimmicky. We're kind of, you know, turning the, uh, turn, flipping the coin saying, you know, this match in particular was really, really good, told a story, wasn't over the top crazy madness and 
still had a lot of wrestling in it. Granted, FTR, um, well, Dax Harwood got injured, and then they, they went to backstage, and Hangman went, walked backstage with him, and that also started, you know, AEW still planting seeds with that dissension between Hangman and the Elite and Hangman and Omega, specifically the tag team. So they're still planting those seeds of dissension there because, you know, he went and checked on FTR. He didn't, he cared about them and their, their you know, their problems more than the Elite in the ring at that moment. So they still got that shit going on. And then also at the end of the match, Brody Lee beat Hangman. So it's kind of like, a big fuck you to Hangman for declining the Dark Order's offer last week. So that that whole match, even though it was a big, you know, twelve man tag team match, I still think I'm I'm in the boat that it can be chaos at times, but most of the time when they get it right, it's done really, really well. And this one was done really, really well. Do you guys feel like those types of matches can be too much chaos and too gimmicky? It's overwhelming. Did you see that match? To watch. Uh, I saw some of it. <clears throat> what I did see was okay. They're not my favorite. I don't know. But the storytelling through everything I just talked about, you, like, did you? The the way you, you the just same way as me? the way you just described it makes me can't wait to watch it even more. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think if happens, like yeah. like Maria said, they can be totally overwhelming. Um, but I think if done right, and and the key to a match like that. Again, you hit it on the head, is the storytelling. Um, yeah. So, to me, I'm very excited to watch it. So. Cool. Well, that was that was the opening segment. That had a lot of content in it, you know, just from mm-hmm. the opening segment. But still, they had a, let's see, private, uh, no, not private party. Uh, Proud and Powerful versus Best Friends. Good match, but it also was telling a story because after Best Friends beat, Santana Ortiz, they went backstage and destroyed Sue, which is Trent's mom, destroyed her minivan. Which was so, so rude. Yeah, very rude, but still very good. Right. Um, so that, then the next segment was Sammy and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy comes out acting like he, you know, he's, he's going to quit wrestling and just like be a manager or whatever. But then Sammy comes out, blasts him in the face with a damn chair. And just cut him open. I don't, I don't know if it was, you know, a blade job or what, but God damn, he's bleeding everywhere. That, that was a moment in itself. Everybody popped for that one online. Uh, let's see. Matt Cardona made his in-ring debut tonight. Solid match. Have you guys caught up or do you guys attempt to watch Being the Elite? I, no, well, with everything going on in my life currently, I haven't had time. Oh, man. Okay. Eventually, you guys have got to watch and catch up because the, the, the Silver and Reynolds, the two guys from the Dark Order that faced Cody and Matsonite and lost to Cody and Matsonite, they are pure gold on being the elite. They pretty much are the like the most popular thing on being the elite right now. Well, the Dark Order as a whole is the most popular thing on being the elite. But those two guys, <laughs> they're like the runts of the group. And because they lost tonight and the rest of the Dark Order won tonight, I cannot wait to see what kind of segment they come up with next week on being the elite when Brody Lee rips those two a new asshole. I mean, he rips them a new asshole every week, but this one is just going to be especially good considering all everybody in the Dark Order won except them tonight. It's going to be great. So, so anybody who watches being the elite, yeah, I, I know you guys are looking forward to that too. But uh, the debate... The AEW Super Wednesday Debate 2020. 
What did you guys, well, <laughs> Maria, what did you think of that? I knew you had to see that part, right? Well, yeah, I was like, you know, is Orange Cassidy even going to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, he did. That. Yeah, and he did. And he he didn't really speak on the wrestling at first or Jericho, but he spoke on the global warming and he like, he went he went for it. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he... What did he say to Jericho? He's like, you wanted to have a debate with someone who doesn't talk to make me look stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being a really good segment. It ended it up really being did. one of the fieriest, fiercest babyface promos that somebody could really put out, in my yeah, opinion. And Jericho's really... facial expressions... Wow. <laughs> Jericho's facial expressions were priceless when he was going off about global warming. <laughs> but I do want to give the shout out to the person who commented under my tweet about the debate and said, so AEW isn't giving any women any TV so they could do these stupid comedy debates. Seriously? Um, uh, what? Yeah. So, and right after that, they had a woman's match. So right mm-hmm. there, this person was wrong. And then um, I'd also like to say that no one lost a fucking eyeball. Okay, first of all. That's all I'm going to say because I'm a bitch. In, res- in response to that tweet, you have Orange Cassidy, who's like like merchandise-wise, just ratings-wise in general, he's one of the top or the top person in AEW right now. And he's... He's going against a legend in Chris Jericho in a promo segment. Like, Chris Jericho's promo work is, you know, one of the top tiers in history. And this guy's going to complain because there wasn't a, a women's match replaced by this. Okay. But this is just the point of the haters that we had touched on, I think, last week. That's a, that's a fucking moron. Um, and my, my question is, why are you hating and still watching? Why do you know what's going on on AEW if you don't like it? Just don't watch it. It's not that, yeah, that hard. That, 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 that's a question as old as time. They keep hating. They're still watching. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. There's literally but... no one to hate but themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no one God. cares. Um, I still think the icing on the cake was Hager bringing out the orange jacket still. So. The smelly orange jacket, three, four weeks old orange jacket. <laughs> but anyway, okay, that was the debate. Uh, what was it next? Swall versus Reba. I mean, that the highlight of that was Britt Baker on the sidelines with a megaphone coaching Reba. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, wasn't much of a match. But anyway, I had to bring that up because I love Britt Baker. But the main event. I, I wouldn't uh, mind seeing Swole get a title match. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I want to see it happen. happen. I want to see it happen. It's going to happen. I just, I I still think Big Swole is very green. That's just my personal opinion. I mean, I want to see it happen, but I could name probably three other women right now that I'd want to see before Swole get a title match. Mm -hmm. But just me. But the main event tonight was fucking epic. I mean, two of my favorites, my two favorites, let's put it that way, Darby versus Mox. You saw the, uh, the Mox mask he was wearing when he came out? I did not miss it. 
I, you missed it? I uh, did. Well, he had a mox, you know, the paper masks that he wears with the eye holes in it. He came out to that. And there was a spot in that match that I have never seen done in a wrestling match before, ever. Did you see the spot where Jericho, uh, not Jericho, where Moxley threw Darby Allen off the entrance ramp and he flew through the air and yeah. landed into the ring post and then like just spun sideways into the onto the onto the floor yeah. and like skidded across the floor. I always Holy worry about him. Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna Holy lie. Shit. Like just when you think Darby doesn't do like just when you think he's done something crazy, like he's done spots like that before, like he's you know fallen off the top of the ring post or jumped over the ring post to the outside or whatever. But from the entrance ramp, ramp flying, I don't know, fucking ten feet into head first into the ring post and then skidding across the floor sideways, like I, I, I just everybody online started popping for that. I couldn't believe it. But anyway, great match, bloody match, hard fought match. <sighs> but Mox retain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn. I don't know. I don't know whether to be happy, sad. I don't know. I'm torn. Well, MJF was sad. MJF was sad. Well, Bring the circle back. Uh, he wanted Darby Allen to win. Yeah. Did he even interfere at one point? I think he interfered. Wardlow. Yeah. Well, Wardlow came out. I think MJF hit. Didn't he hit Moxley with something? Like while Wardlow had the ref turn around. I think so. Yeah. Anyway. But it didn't work. It did not work. We'll but, see what happens. Well, we're going to see what happens. We know what's going to happen. We've, we've discussed that. Mm-hmm. MJF is taking the belt. MJF is going right. to be in office. And then he's going to say, fuck everybody. I just want to make a point that, and this is going to take place if he said 31 days, I think he said. Uh, so this will be taking place in September. Yeah? Yeah. All yeah. out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to sure. say from the beginning of this year, and maybe even last year, I said that MJF will win the title toward the end of 2020. Okay. It's on record somewhere. <laughs> Google says September 5th. So, okay, so that I mean that's pretty close toward the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think he would win it early in the, you know, it just it was just too soon. But we're going we're gonna be hitting a year of AEW Dynamite being on TV in October. So uh, I I thought that maybe within that closer to the end of when that year's up that he would be the champion and it looks like i have hit the nail on the head if he wins if he wins so we'll see but i have to ask kyle yes do you want to even talk about and and anything in nxt are you i do it's going to be real quick because okay um just because rhea ripley's a badass so i think she is going to completely obliterate the Robert Stone brand by herself, um, which is awesome because Mercedes screwed her over um, and Karrion Cross literally like killed like 42 people um, at the uh, WWE Performance Center tonight and he's demanding that match with Keith Lee. Sad note, Dexter Loomis is out 
of the match at TakeOver for the belt because of his ankle injury. So that's really it for NXT. No, wait, that's the uh, North American title? Yeah. So that's that ladder match? Yeah, so I'm fairly so certain he was the- going to be the guy. Um, but he, oh, he's, yeah. pretty, he's pretty fucked up, so he will not be in it. It is going to be a five-person match. I think Finn Balor's stepping in to take his oh. spot. Oh, Finn Balor simp. So, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. But, like <laughs> I said, because, I mean, yeah, Rhea Ripley's a badass. So, um, I, I like what they're doing with her right now because I literally think she's going to, to single-handedly pick them off one by one and... To me, that's kind of cool. So I mean, didn't she um, already like beat Aaliyah and Robert Stone at yes, the same time? Yes, and, and she's going to continue doing so. Well, who's um, in Robert? Who's in his little clique now? Mercedes, what's her ass? She's like the enforcer right now. Um, so they're building up. Yeah, but they're building up Ripley versus her for yeah. Takeover Thirty. And and then she's going to like use Robert Stone to beat her with probably, like pick him up and use him as a weapon. That would be funny. Um, I'm joking, obviously, but I think <laughs> I that mean, would be funny. The way she ragdolled him and Ellie at the same time. Yeah, that's what I, I'm saying. I'm She's not, totally uh, capable. I'm not saying you're lying. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, she, uh, but it's cool. You know, I, I think they're building her up to be, um, you know, after they did what they did to her with the belt. Um, I think they're they're building her up to be a force again. So in the I long like run, you, I like how you just bat, I like how you just bypass that. Did what they did to her with the belt. Well, I mean, you know, they wasted they wasted her title run to get yeah. to fucking Charlotte. Well, it's okay. I I didn't want to go there, but um. <laughs> well, I will. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that that's pretty much it from NXT. I mean, Karrion Cross is interesting. Keith Lee is a is a force. He's doing a wonderful job as the champion. So, um. Overall, not too bad. I sure missed a, a good show by not seeing Dynamite live, but it's okay. I, I <laughs> we need... wanted you to. You did, but did. you know, like I said, not all heroes wear capes. And <laughs> some of us have to. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I get it, but I think we should have, you know, I, and I appreciate it, but it's become my normal thing now, watching AEW on Thursday morning. So, let me ask yeah, you, let me ask you a question. Has, yeah. has has Tommaso Ciampa been on the show recently on NXT? No. No? no, I don't know what the hell is going on. There's there. rumors. There's rumors because Ross, you know, Raw has these new factions they've been talking about <laughs> with all the I don't know hurt business, what the fuck ever. But uh, there's rumors going around that one of the f- new factions that's coming up, hopefully Tommaso Ciampa is going to be in it. Not, yeah, well, not cool. me personally saying hopefully, but people online saying hopefully he would be in it. So that's why I was wondering if he was on NXT. Or not. Yeah, well, it'd be time to put his money where his mouth is then, because he said he would never go to the main roster. He'd quit first. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I hope he, he, he won't quit. The money's too good. That would be boneheaded. But yeah, you're. I mean, I think I think it's a good possibility. I haven't I haven't seen the guy in a long time. So yeah. Um, there something something's happening. There was. Yes. I mean, he deserved after the carrying cross match. He deserves to have some kind of, you know, repackaging yeah. and evolution of his character and then come back, you know, at an important turning point in in some kind of storyline. That's what I'm banking on in NXT, not fucking Raw. Right. It'll so. be Raw, though, probably. Oh, God. And speaking of Raw. <laughs> yeah, jump right in because I yeah, don't watch that. 
<laughs> so I've been I've been watch so I, I watch Raw and SmackDown every week, and um, SmackDown is I, I'm still high off of that. So we'll get to that in a few. But um, Raw just a few points to hit on. Looks like the Riot Squad is back together. Oh okay. So I I actually enjoyed well, that. And that all. Yeah, exactly. Two thirds. The other one's having a baby. Um, well, no, is I Sarah, enjoyed... Sarah Logan's done, huh? Yeah, she's, she's pregnant. Having a baby. Well, she no, she le- no, she left. Like she she quit wrestling. That's right. what she personally you know tweeted or whatever. Oh really? She... Yeah, she's done. She's she'll doing... be back. So anyway, right. <laughs> yeah, two thirds of the Riot Squad's back together. This happened on the KO show, which was unbelievably hilarious. Um, he had uh, the Iconics on there. <laughs> And uh, I think the Iconics are funny as hell. And it was great because there was actual like technical difficulties happening during that segment. And at one point when Peyton Royce was popping off, uh, KO interrupted her and he got on the mic. He was like, can we please just have technical difficulties on their microphones? <laughs> uh, that, that was funny as shit. And then, um, you know, I said uh, Liv Morgan came back out. Ruby Riot was already out there. They uh they they manhandled the iconics. It was it it became the the shit show. The KO show became the shit show. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a fun segment. Um, I did enjoy the Oscar uh, Sasha banter back and forth. So, um, I th- I think we can we can start talking about the Sasha and Bailey implosion again because uh, Sasha said Oscar will get a title shot at SummerSlam. If she beats Bailey next week, Bailey wasn't too happy about that. Um, how many times did she do that to Sasha, though? You know what I mean? Every week, every week. Um, so it seems like the uh, the tension is starting to pick up between the two again. So we'll see what happens. Um, I feel very certain that Oscar will beat Bailey next week, and definitely get Sasha at SummerSlam. So things should be pretty interesting on that front. And then if you have internet, um, <laughs> whether you watch Raw or even follow wrestling, you've heard of Raw Underground. I don't know what you two know about Raw Underground, but um, let me just say this. It's like a violent car wreck. You can't look away from it. It's a, a glorious dumpster fire, and I'm actually excited for what they could potentially do with this but the entire show of raw this this week a couple days ago there was like no it was literally like what happens when um you know that there's like no teacher just the students and they're they're left to supervise themselves it was a total clusterfuck Mm. and raw underground was just the icing on that cake i think it's a great idea and I hope they stick with it because kind of like what Chris hit on last week, you know, WWE fans. So what happens is one thing we do, and I'm throwing myself in there, is we complain a lot as a WWE fan. We complain. And then WWE tries anything, anything new. Could be literally anything. Doesn't matter what it is. And the fans are going to just immediately complain. That's I true. Think, I think you got to give Raw Underground. And I hope they stick with it because the potential, it's like Fight Club. The potential for this is actually really cool. And if you put Shane McMahon in a sleaze bag shithead role 
he really thrives because he's a sleazebag shithead. So he just <laughs> has to be himself, right? So he does such a great job being himself. Um, like he, he he did so. He was actually it was actually entertaining to have him on my TV, and it he hasn't been entertaining since Kane and him wrestled in Unforgiven in 2003. So, um, you know when they did that Falls Count Anywhere match or whatever it was, but. I think Raw Underground, if they stick with it, it has huge potential. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, it's literally like some sleaze bag, pull out your cash, bet on fighters kind of underground throwdown club. So, 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 so the whole thing was just, who was it? Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, who was the other guy? Seven foot three, some. I can't remember oh, yeah, his name. That's his ass. Yeah. But it was just, it was Big just bastard. those. It was those guys beating up like random guys. It wasn't other rest like other known wrestlers. Not really. So that's pretty much what it was. But um, I think the the point of this is to um, essentially go like full under. I think what they're what they're trying to go for is an underground like MMA type setting. You know, okay. no, like no, like yeah, yeah, no sanctions, you know what I mean? Uh, very violent matches. So, yeah, that's essentially what it was. But the the essence of this thing, if they hold on to it, and the only way they'll hold on to it is if we WWE fans shut up for five minutes and allow something new to happen. And it could flop. If it's going to flop, let it flop on its own. Don't let it flop because... We refuse to um, give it a chance. You know, I, I really want to see this stick around for at least a month or so just to see how it plays out. You do, you do know how this show came about, though. Did you I, I was on YouTube just looking at different, you know, podcasts and you know, just different video clips. And, you know, I saw that Vince McMahon had the investors call. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he, then, he screamed at the creative for four hours. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he was screaming. That's exactly what happened. They were in a meeting for four hours, and yeah. out of like 32 different types of storylines, they picked pick like four. Yeah, yeah picked three, three or four, four of them out, and that's it. Yep. Like, and this is what happened. Like, so I, I literally think just. And, and it really showed on, like I said, the, the entire show was incredibly directionless. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like they picked them out of a hat. Just like, yeah. okay, what about this one, Vince? Yeah. No. Fuck that. Oh, Shane? You want Shane McMahon? Yeah, I'll call Shane up. But to me, right? But to me, the underground thing, To again, I just feel like th- there's something to this if they allow it to happen. You know, no. guys like Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley can thrive in this type of setting, and that's not against them at all. What I'm saying is it's so different and fresh. Make those guys tough. You know, make them... I feel where you're coming from, but how would they do this in a PG era? They, they're, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think they're going to have to like, you know, they're, they're, again, it was in the third, going in, it was in the third hour. So I think that's one part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's something to think about. At some point, they're going to have to think, what are we going to do? Maybe you know. they'll do this in the third hour every week because yeah. the the third hour ratings always drop every single week. It's always like hour two is like the you know the end of hour two is the drop off point for yep. 40 percent of the you know people the viewership. Yeah. So 
So know, it's, it's a great time to do that kind of stuff. But I think it could be, play a big part in rejuvenating a lot of guys. Um, you know, if, if like Bobby Lashley is not fun to watch wrestle, in my opinion, but you put him in a setting like that, dude's very entertaining, you know what I mean? And he can kind of, like, um, be uh, be that this big enforcer type because that, that's what's encouraged in that type of setting. You know what I mean? I agree. I think, I, I think if they let it go for a few weeks, see what happens, let it play out, the potential is huge. But again, like Chris said, it's a PG era, so you got to be careful at the same time. Here's that, or they're going to finally, which they're never going to go back to TV 14. But um, if, if they were thinking about it, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Or so even the just, main just, event. Just, just put Raw at uh, um, TV 14. Yeah. I mean, to do those kinds of unsanctioned MMA yeah. style or boiler room brawl types of matches, to, yeah. be that, to be worthwhile, it would have to be that rating in my opinion yeah i agree what, what was the main event of raw fuck i don't even remember because that was all i really liked <laughs> that's because be there wasn't a main event it was just Seth yeah. rollins talking shit to tom phillips i believe like that's, i'm surprised that's that you know game. that because you are like anti i get online and i see this shit i follow up i follow up online and video clips for this podcast so I do, like, follow it for this specific purpose, but I do mm-hmm. not sit down on Monday nights for three hours and watch this shit. I used to actually wait till it was on Hulu and watch the condensed version, but I don't even do that shit anymore because I don't <laughs> even want to waste my time for an hour and a half. I don't blame so you. So I literally just watch the YouTube clips. YouTube is my best friend. I'll watch that. I'll look on – see what you know people are talking about and Twitter trends and Instagram and everything, and that's really it. And I can gather all that. And I, and I listen to – you know, I like to listen to podcasts and stuff while I'm working. So, uh, you know, I gather information that way. I'm going to tell you right now, Raw is going to change after Randy gets the belt at SummerSlam. Okay. Uh, in, in what way? I think it's just going to be a little more – because you're going to have more like that, – that throws McIntyre back into – uh, being, you know, having to scrape and claw his way again. I think he's a better, as a babyface, he's a better character when he's, you know, not the champion and he's out earning it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that that throws him back into the mix in that way, as opposed to being at the top of the mountain. They're gonna have um, to give. They're gonna have to give Randy that belt to compete against MJF for the ratings. Yeah, I, I think overall it's going to be huge, and then I would love to see a Randy-Seth Rollins feud myself. I think that would be incredible. Um, I think I think that would be cool as hell. So, you know, it, I, I, just, I think the, the entire demeanor of the show will change quite a bit. Um, you know, McIntyre, keep him as a baby face, but make him just a little edgier. You know, he's at the top of the mountain. He's too comfortable right now, um, and he's playing that, like, you know, I'm just this perfect, good-looking Scottish dude, right, with the belt. Um, put his back against the wall again for a while. You know what I mean? That that that's when he really thrives. And uh, I think I think Randy could, um, 
you know, pump a lot of life into this Monday night Messiah or whatever the hell he's calling himself this week, Seth Rollins. I think I think that would be a really fun rivalry to watch, honestly. I got a question is for you. Is, is Randy still with Andrade and the other people? Or was that no, like that, that's kind of like, like, like just gone away. Listen, okay, stop right there. That is exactly why I stopped watching Raw and SmackDown. Because it just goes away. It just goes away. And my son as well. He's like, I can't even follow anymore, Mom. I can't follow. He's like, I want to. He's only 14. I mean, like, he's just, I guess, above their target audience, if you will. Right. Uh, (laughs) But he, he really... Yeah, last year loved this made wrestling. Sense he loved, you know what I'm saying. You know, they're I not know. TV 14, but he he loved wrestling. He loved going to live shows, and he he'll go to live shows. Don't get me wrong, that's fun when they come back. But to his point, being back at last year 13 and saying to me, Mom, every time I get invested in a storyline, it just goes away. Like, yeah, that, that that whole thing was weird. It was it was totally like nebulous and didn't really make any sense. There's there's just been so many. There's just been so many, and I want to jump into what I guess Bray Wyatt and yes and um Braun Strowman. They're on SmackDown, right? Yeah, I was about to so get into this. I'm gonna lead into it because I actually have a question for you guys. I'm gonna lead into it by asking you. Speaking of Randy Orton, didn't he burn down the house that Sister Abigail was in? Yep. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you that question first. That storyline, poof, disappeared. And I think that's when my son was like, fuck this. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he liked it. He wanted to see it go further, and it didn't. Um, but that leads me into something else. Now, has... Braun Strowman come back yet, or is he still dead in the swamp? What's going on there? Don't no. give me details. Did Braun Strowman emerge from that swamp yet? No. No. Okay, then go on and tell me what's happening. I'm going to tell you what's happening. So, Braun Strowman's still in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> no, so SmackDown was awesome. Before we get to the ending, though, I want to quickly talk about um, Sonya Deville beat the breaks off of Mandy Rose in the back. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, if you've seen it on YouTube or whatever. Um, it was yeah, actually a pretty, cutting. Yeah, it was actually a very disturbing beatdown. And I enjoyed every second of it. So Sonia is off her freaking rails right now. And um, that, that was crazy. So, I mean, she literally beat the shit out of her, cut her hair with scissors because there's random scissors sitting on a table in the back. Um, so that that was something to keep an eye on. I I, I really want to see these two in an actual sanctioned match. You know, the attacks are kind of They've getting. They've never real. had a sanctioned match yet. Not yet. Not since this has happened. It's just mm-hmm. been banter, and then this attack was like the most physical they've gotten outside of slapping each other here and there. Yeah, they're setting up for um, SummerSlam, I guess. Yeah, I hope so. They'll probably uh, put Bay- kickoff. Right, Bailey beat Nikki again. That was in the main event, um, and we'll get to what happened at the end of that. I just want to give a shout out to Big E. Uh, this dude, I think this dude's going to be a really good singles competitor. He's he submitted the Miz. It was a really fun match. So I'm excited to see him do his thing as a singles competitor. I have so, a question but, about that. Yeah, I have a question. Big E singles run. 
what do you think they should do with his single run? Where, where do you think they should go with him? Especially and, in this in this climate, Randy's going to win the belt. The Fiends, you know, hopefully going to win the belt. Um, Roman Reigns probably coming back any month now. Like, like, like there's going to be a lot of new title holders, and the big dog is coming back. So well, you, I'm sure he'll be, you know, they'll feed the belt to him at some point. So where does Biggie fall into the the title run or singles title equation to you? Yeah, so it, right now he doesn't fit anywhere. So I think, I think, I, I don't know what you do because you don't take the Intercontinental title away from AJ yet. Mm-hmm. You know that the second Roman Reigns walks into a building, he's going to pin the Fiend um, mm-hmm. and get the belt, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which I think is just completely stupid. So he doesn't fit with the Universal title or the WWE Championship right now, but... I think what you do is you just see where he goes and see if he makes himself fit at some point. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does, uh, but I, I know I, in, I a, in have, a world. I do have one. Of, I do have one. I'll wait to see if you come up with it. I'll let you finish your speech, but I do have one suggestion. Yeah. So I think you know you, you just you just let it roll its course. Let him do what he does. Um, give him the chance to see where he goes. Like I don't see him dethroning AJ. And if there was a title that he um, he could go for right now, it would be the Intercontinental title. But who's yeah, go ahead. That? Who's holding that title? AJ. Oh, okay. How who's dare the, you who's... not know that? No, uh, well, I didn't know if it was US or Intercontinental. Who's the US champion? Uh, Apollo Crews. Pa- oh, God. Never mind. Uh, so... My take, probably a controversial one, but I want him to turn heel. I do too. Get get the fuck away from the new day. Yep. They're, like it's time, man. It is time. What? But eight time tag team champions, like. Yep. Like Jesus, fuck. Like finish it off and kill it from its core. Not only turn, that. Turn him heel. Not only that, I want him to go to whatever show Kofi is not on. So yeah, if Kofi get, stays get, on SmackDown, get, a get heel big heel all, go to Raw. Exactly, exactly. Get get all three of those guys as far away from each other as possible. Yep. Because I'm sick. Like, I love those guys. Don't get me wrong. I love the New Day during their time, but like during like this this is the this is the right time to do it. If you're, if yep. you're going to pull the trigger and do something big for Big E to give him a push, this is the exact thing they need to do. And then that'll give him enough storyline to where he can, he can say, beat Kofi at yep. SummerSlam or whatever, and then move on from him, go to a different show. If the draft happens, whatever, you know, rumors going around and get him away from him. But that would give him enough, you know, time to, you know, to prove his dominance, to beat Kofi. And then finish it off, and then have him run heel for a while, and then that would just open up so many doors for him. And that mm-hmm. would actually he that would give him a good storyline to be in, and not have to worry about a title run at this point because with all the you know all the other title changes going on, all the other contenders going on, right. you can give him something good that he can utilize and produce with without having to push him in a title run that's inevitably going to have him lose. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's the only way you put him in the picture sooner rather than later. Honestly, if you Mm -hmm. don't do that, then it's going to be a long time. However, I think 
it's in a position of, all right, Biggie, you're getting your push. What are you going to do about it? Right. So getting a push, I, I think he's got to he's got to do his part on the deal and then it'll probably go from there. But I definitely think what you said is what needs to happen and um, it, it should happen. So let's let's just hope that it does, because I said the Fiend will be the champion and we'll get to the Fiend here in just a second. The Fiend will be champion at SummerSlam. Randy's going to be champion at SummerSlam. Randy's going to take us to, you know, out of this no audience era. You know, he's going to be our savior. And um, the Fiend's going to hold the belt till the split second Roman Roman Reigns decides to come back. And then that's over. Uh, The only problem with that is I think like when Goldberg beat the Fiend, you know, it kind of made it like, oh, this is WWE is going to squash this. So I think it's going to have the same effect when Roman Reigns beats him. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, if not like he's got he's got the ex- exact same moveset as Goldberg. He's Goldberg with hair. So, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but whatever. Anyway, that ending on SmackDown, I was I was not on the edge of my seat. I was levitating. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the last time I levitated <clears throat> was when some of Clemson football guy, when they won the title the first time against Alabama. I uh, I was literally levitating and. When Nikki pushed Alexa Bliss down after she lost again, because Bailey dominates Nikki's head, um, when she pushed Alexa and the Fiend promised, you know, the darker version of the Fiend, he's going to be there. He hadn't shown up once in this episode. When Alexa went down, I had a feeling something was going to happen because everybody thought Alexa is going to turn on Nikki, right? So. Um, Nikki's losing her mind. She pushes Alexa, leaves the ring, goes dark, bam, red lights come on, which the red lights are stupid. Red lights come on, there's the fiend. Gives Alexa the mandible claw, whatever. Episode ends, it was awesome. Um, after he was all creepy and like up in her face and everything. And then a lot of people believe from Extreme Rules that Alexa is going to be Sister Abigail. So I know Maria and text you said that you disagreed with both of our theories. So now is your time. Yes, I'll tell you why I disagree. Now, I don't even remember what my theory was, for the record. I have a theory. I'm going to go after uh, Maria speaks her mind, though. Okay, well, you probably won't after I speak my mind. But, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, Alexa being Sister Abigail... Would be the direction, the smart direction to go in with WWE, right? With the storyline, but it's WWE. So, uh, and I this this is sparked my theory sparked after seeing I don't remember who said it or when it was said or I seen it or somebody mentioned it. Now. Uh, that's why I asked you, where's Braun Strowman? Is he still in the swamp? Because Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss have a connection from when they were on the mixed match challenge as Team Little Big. Uh, And it was brought up again recently somehow. I don't remember who brought it up. But to me, all it is is Bray Wyatt using Alexa Bliss as bait to get Mm -hmm. Braun Strowman out. I don't see her being Sister Abigail. I don't see her playing any much more of a role. It's simply bait to bring out 
Braun Strowman. And if my 30 plus years of watching WWE has done me any good, it's to recognize that when a good storyline is about to happen, it goes sideways. So I'm thinking that's what it is. There's no Sister Abigail. That's far too intense for WWE right now. However, if I'm wrong, and to be honest with you, I hope I am, because seeing her as Sister Abigail puts her in a good spot. It's a good, you know, storyline for her, and it makes sense. I'd love to see it, but I'm not putting all my eggs in a basket. I think it's simply bait to get Braun Strowman out. End of story. Yeah, I I like that, and I know Chris. Sorry, you're gonna go just real quick, but I'm gonna go be ahead. optimistic and say that she is going to be Sister Abigail. If you remember when we texted after Extreme Rules, you know I did hit out at the team little big thing, and that's what it was all about, you know the games. But I think with the announcement the Fiend has made that you know the Fiend is is back, he's here, he never went away. He's gonna be darker than ever. He's gonna make his presence known. Um, I think with the actions of Nikki and everything that's happening there and how she's established herself as a legitimate singles competitor, it it is what you do with Alexa right now. And I think that's why, because she's such a valuable asset. So God knows when Roman Reigns comes back. So let's pull the trigger and let's make it happen. So I'm going to say it does happen. Let's theory craft here. Let's theory craft for a minute. I'm not saying WWE is going to do this. I'm saying this is what I hope deep down inside is going to happen in my heart, not in my mind. But this is what I'm hoping will happen, okay? So to bring to bring up Maria's point earlier when she was talking about her kid and she said that when, you know, when the house burned and Sister Abigail was inside the house, you know, that's when he lost interest all that. But to bring that point back of Sister Abigail was burned inside the house, what if that what if Sister Abigail did die, but he is trying to reincarnate her inside of Alexa Bliss? And it's she's not, not it's not Alexa Bliss. She is not going to be Sister Abigail. No, no, I'm I just said at the beginning, I'm theory crafting here. You're theory crafting. Go yeah. ahead. I'm gonna challenge you and say it's Nikki Cross. Okay, well, well you didn't even, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish this, and then we'll get to that. (laughs) So, Sister Abigail reincarnated is Alexa Bliss. He's using her as bait to do that, to pull pull Braun Strowman out of wherever the fuck he's drowning at still. And when he comes out, Alexa Bliss is going to be like, oh, my, you know, my hero, what the fuck ever. And then Alexa Bliss is just going to, like, low blow the shit out of him and join, join the Fiend as Sister Abigail. He'll have done something to her. To turn her into into the new sister Abigail. Nope. That that's theory crafting. That's what I want to happen. I have no faith in WWE whatsoever <laughs> to actually make that happen. So, so you don't want you don't want Nikki Cross has a darker side of her. She I makes know, more but they sense. Totally that up. They she makes totally more sense up. being double crossing Alexa Bliss and being on the Fiend side. The Fiend using Alexa Bliss as bait to get Braun Strowman out. So now you have Nikki Cross and the Fiend against Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. So, so is this you theory crafting, or is this you saying that's what you think WWE is going to do? Theory crafting. Okay. 
because you didn't bring up that point when you were talking about your your spill earlier. So right, because I think they're going to go the bland way. But so how would the fiend, you know, coerce Nikki Cross to become the new? That's what we find out. That's your storyline. That's what you're waiting to hear. Yeah. Too obvious. This is too obvious. But, you know, that would be from a fan point of view. From a WWE point of view, they give us the obvious. So, how boring. Alexa Bliss's sister Abigail. Oh, gee, we already fucking knew that. We're discussing it right now, right? But, plot twist, it's actually Nikki Cross. See, yeah, I, I'd feel stronger. Like, I would be like, holy shit. You're onto something. If I think I think putting Nikki Cross in a position where she's not competing regularly as a singles competitor is just going to hurt her growth because she's done so much in the past several weeks to prove her worth as a singles competitor. You know, I, I I'd love to see. It. I think it'd be cool as shit, but I think it would just take her back a notch i mean she needs to stay in there and keep competing have you seen kyle have you watched impact wrestling at all have you seen sue young before yes yeah she's awesome could you imagine nikki cross or alexa bliss either one in that kind of like you know wrestling state where they're like you know sue young is the undead bride but let's say she could still wrestle as sister abigail Right. She, or either she has a split personality because Sue Young has this, you know, she's going back and forth between this this uh, this weird doll type situation and right. And, but the, but that's also know. Impact, which is awesome and has had really cool storylines <laughs> and characters. That, that's awesome. I know, but this is more theory crafting of taking <laughs> no, I, taking I love aspects that. of something that's great and hoping to God WWE takes ten percent of that. <laughs> I, I personally, personally. I think the Nikki Cross thing is super cool, but I personally want to see Alexa Bliss only because, you know, I want to see Nikki continue doing her thing and proving her worth. And I don't want to see her going to this kind of like lunatic character again, where she's running around chomping on the top rope and I, I, doing all I'm this. with you. I'm with you on that. I, I prefer the, if Alexa Bliss would be right. Would be the more like Alexa Bliss has that sinister bitchy side to her but right. she can unleash and evolve as a character because she has never really evolved as a character i mean yes yeah, she's turned babyface with you know with nikki cross recently but she's never truly had a character change you know she's always been right. alexa bliss she she had that you know that with the when she was in NXT, she did something slightly right. different but that was in, in, in development but since she became alexa bliss she has not ever changed right and, and be, to that point Think uh-huh. of how much of a pain in the ass she would be to Roman Reigns after he gets the title. You know, I don't think I don't think Nikki has that that presence from a promo standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. That Alexa has to where, OK, the Fiend loses the belt, but he's still fucking terrifying because I'm I'm in your dreams. You know, you see me when you close your eyes at night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss could pull it off. Now, Maria, yes. I love. I love where you're coming from, but if you've watched Nikki, I think she's too valuable in the ring right now to put her in such a, a, because she's come so far. I mean, I've always been a fan of Nikki Cross and I knew what would happen, but I thought, I thought Alexa would turn on her because I know they teamed her up with Alexa to get her more in ring time to get her more, you know, mic work to just help her develop. And she's, 
really taken that. And it's been one of my favorite things to watch. You know, I'm a huge Nikki Cross fan. I, I think she's she's one of a kind because she's got so many things to offer. I think you keep her in the in the women's title mix, period. Now that that that's what I feel. I, I feel you keep her chugging along, chomping away at the uh, you know the the contenders in the division. Um, and she's the only one right now who in a single in a straight up singles match can legitimately hang with Bailey. Um, and and make it look really good. Like well, I like, think she can still be Sister Abigail and compete. In the women's division, I, I, but it just she has, she has that that Alexa has that she's gonna need. She has that she'll beat Alexa, and then she'll be better than her, so she'll be able to advance into that. The the difference is now she has that dark side of her, where she's not so happy and giddy all the time. Right. She has that dark side, so she can use that to her advantage when she is competing against the other women. Right, so hear me out on this one. So I'm for after this too. Okay, so real quick, I I think it's best because Alexa's prone to injury, right? She's Mm -hmm. been prone to injury. She gets into a position like this as Sister Abigail. She can pump the brakes on having to compete twice a week or once a week. You know, kind of tone it back a little bit. Um, do the do the play the mind games and all these things, and you know Nikki stays incredibly active. I don't. I think what if you make Nikki's sister Abigail, where does Alexa go? You know Nikki's been the one uh, grinding as the singles competitor. You know you can't just throw the belt on Alexa. You know and, and because I think the the next SmackDown Women's Champion is Sasha. It, it it's going to happen. So. Um, you know, what, where, where does Alexa go? That, that's the thing. Like Nikki continues where she's at, no matter what happens. And I, I think you, you, you know, made great points saying as sister Abigail, she can keep doing these things, but you can't take one of your best overall superstars and have nothing for them. And I think if you make Nikki sister Abigail, what is Alexa left to do? Well, that's WWE. Right. That, that's why I, don't, I, I, don't <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's just because we, we all know Roman Reigns will be the champion the moment he walks in the building. And I think from a promo perspective, Alexa is one of the strongest ones. And, you know, she can be a total pain in the ass to Roman during his title reign. And it would really help keep the fiend super relevant and terrifying. And Nikki in NXT, Nikki was, you know, she was with Sanity and she was the, the like there was she had this lunacy about her and craziness about her. But there was no real evil spark about her. There, they, like just when you look at her and you listen to her promos, she just comes off whether she's crazy Nikki or she's babyface Nikki. She always comes off as the sweet underdog that you just want to root for no matter what. Any situation she's in, that's just her. That's just her, who she is as a person. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. As a person, I don't want to hear it because listen. I don't want to hear it because I'm going to use Bailey as an example. 
Nobody ever thought they'd see the day that Bailey turned Everybody heel. was begging for the day that Bailey yeah, turned yeah, But they, nobody thought they would yes. see it. Nobody yes. thought well, they would see the, it. The, the writing was on the wall for about two months prior, I think. Bailey, Bailey has the capability to do it. Everybody knew she had. They were waiting for it to happen. Yeah. I, I, I don't, like, there's, there's crazy Nikki, or, or there's craziness in Nikki, but there's not evil in Nikki. When you think of, like, you know, crazy versus evil. She has the crazy down pat. I don't think she could do evil. But crazy Alexa Bliss turns into evil. Alexa no, Bliss can do fucking evil. Crazy turns into annoying if over, if if yeah. done too much. I, man, th- th- this is awesome because Maria, I had no idea you're gonna come out of left field with this. So <laughs> I'm sitting yeah. here writing things down, like I'm I'm making a fucking flow chart so I can see where I'm right or wrong here. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm gonna stay with where I'm at. Either way, I think it, it'd be cool, but I think it would be criminal to Alexa just because if you watch SmackDown, you will see there ain't shit for her there, and there sure as hell ain't shit for her on Raw. So you cannot just sideline one of your best overall superstars. I, I just I don't know because you know at the drop of a hat she can compete in the ring with anybody. Um, and then you give Alexa a mic, magic happens. So I think that's what you do. I mean, to me, a segment of the Firefly Funhouse with Alexa just rolling through there, that, that'd be the coolest shit ever. So, um, you know, Alexa can be evil. And I, I think it's, you know, you can be evil and then add crazy. I think it's easier to do that than to be a crazy character and add evil. Kind of like, you know, what Chris is saying on top of it. And I don't really think Sister Abigail has to be evil. Um, she has to be crazy, but not like that outlandish I'm chewing on the top rope crazy, right? I mean, no, it's, it's kind of like... I'm just saying the Fiend has back. this, you know, this sinister appearance to him. And, yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and Alexa Bliss could pull that off in a yeah, heartbeat. Absolutely. She has that evilness. You, can, you know, when she smirks after she does her heel promos, you just see evil. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's an evil bit. Nope. You know? Sorry. It's just the. You don't see it. It's just nope. I'm telling you right now. I'll put my money on it that it's. How much? What you mean? How much? I'll put my money on it that this is just a ploy to get Braun Strowman back using someone he, the Fiend knows that he's close to. Bottom line, he has to come back somehow, right? Oh, I came back to save Alexa, and this is it. It ends there. The buck stops there. Maybe there is no. No Sister Abigail. Yeah, Randy there could be no Sister down. Abigail. <laughs> or maybe, maybe Sister Abigail has, you know, reincarnated or possessed Alexa Bliss a long time ago. And Alexa is part of this plan. You know, at the Swamp Match, she was like, I'm going to be there, right? I'm going to be there and do my thing. Because that was the turning point in the match for Braun. That's when he lost his mind. And Bray totally took over. And, you know, drug him out to the pier and took him to the swamp. So you're right. There could be no Sister Abigail or this could have been Alexa pulling the strings the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alexa said, use me as bait. Right. Get I him, hope, like I you hope said, Alexa... get, get me to come back because that, that's an excellent point. And again, I'm writing shit down because I'm so stupid um, and I'm really mad at myself for not seeing this. So damn you, Maria. <laughs> um, but I, I think. Yes, WWE has a has a great history of just fucking cool things over. Yes. But 
if you do not make this character or make it more than that, then you should have no Sister Abigail. Because if you don't make it Alexa, it shouldn't be anybody. Only because if you don't make it Alexa, you got nowhere. And I've said it like 10 times, and I apologize. But you, you've got nowhere for one of your best assets to go. And that's, that's kind of shitty. That's in typical WWE fashion. What is, is she, what has she really been doing? I mean, every time I watch it, she ain't doing shit but sitting on a chair talking on a microphone. So... I don't know. Like, right. I feel and like that, that, they that really be. dropped the ball with her at some point. Yeah, and that, that could be part of the whole ploy, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, th- this could go back because that, that little doll thing was brought up four or five mm-hmm. months ago. And if you watch SmackDown all the way back to the Royal Rumble, you saw uh, glimmers of things happening between Bliss and Cross, such as... Um, you know, at the Rumble, for example, you know, they did a little promo together um, saying, you know, we're going to have each other's back, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if, if we're going to do our best to not, you know, interfere with each other. And then Alexis said something like, yeah, we're going to stay friends as long as I win. You know, and the look on Nikki's face is like, whoa, what? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I'll do anything to win is kind of what she said. And so th- there, there's been glimpses of, of things in the works between those two for a while. But the thing is, Scott, you're talking about long-term storytelling, which WWE is not doing in any storyline right now. I don't think they're going to think that far back and try and, you know, culminate that to a, to fruition, to a, to a, to an end. I don't think it's going to go that far, that deep into it. No. I really think, I really, I hope that the next few episodes has Alexa Bliss in the Firefly Funhouse segments to where she eventually, like, needs Braun Strowman for saving and then it culminates a SummerSlam where he ends up saving her or whatever in the in in within the match and then when he does save her in the match she's going to turn on him and cost him the title and become Sister Abigail at the same time that that would be the best result that I would want to see and that's not long-term storytelling that's only like a few weeks but I just that's what I'm banking on god damn it oh well, I think um, Maria has given everyone a lot to think about. <laughs> and I'm awesome. going to actually. Chris, dude, yeah. you, you've got some excellent, awesome points. Um, what I love about this one is this one is so, like, interesting to think about. Now, I will say yep. this one more thing on this on this particular potential here. If there is a Sister Abigail, and I said this in text, I hope to God she gets a cool mask and not some jank ass paint job, right? Yeah. That, that's what I'm hoping for. So, yeah. And the fact that this is so interesting probably has 99% to deal with the fact that it came from the mind of Bray Wyatt. Yep. Not WWE creative. Just saying. Yep. Hopefully. Well, everything that we're talking about, the theory crafting is all because of Bray Wyatt's storytelling. Mm-hmm, hopefully. All, all I can say is somebody's right. Um, that's to be. I think we covered all the bases. I mean, <laughs> when it you comes can't to that. go any other direction than no. the three that we've taken. There, there, there's either <laughs> there's no many possibilities. It's either Nikki or it's Alexa, and I think that's the end of it. But I really, I really like where that's going as far as like you know using it as as bait. Again, the evil part of Alexa, she can you know pull him out. Like you said, they're in the match. And she is saved, and then she turns on him and just has that shitty-ass yeah. smirk, that oh, yeah. laugh. 
you know. It's definitely possible. Yeah. I just think. She could like mask herself. I don't know. I think it would be fucking sweet, though. I just think 100%, no matter which way it goes, 100%, she's bait to get Braun Strowman out. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think you're on this one there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I I hope that there's Firefly Funhouse segments that lead to her needing his help, you know, over the weeks coming up until SummerSlam. And then it comes to fruition at SummerSlam where the shit hits the fan. Yeah, like like Rambling Rabbit lets lets the cat out of the bag that, hey, dude, you got Alexa Bliss in a crate back here. And, you know, Bray's like, whoa, hey, let's calm the fuck down, Fireflies, right? I mean, yeah, I think uh, now now I'm ready for Friday because this this is... now I did say this. SmackDown is uh, has been a lot better than Raw in the past during the Dynamite era. Let's call it the Dynamite era because AEW Dynamite is much more entertaining. But between Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown has been so much more entertaining. Yeah. Well, AJ's on there. <laughs> well, that, that, that's just fairly recent, though. You yeah, know, he I was know. on there for the IC Championship thing. So I know. I hated when they took him off SmackDown. Yeah, that, that was. I don't know what the hell they were trying to do. Um, but the potential for interesting things, all I would say is to WWE fans, I'm saying this to myself, I don't do it a whole lot, though. Just shut up five minutes and let's see what happens. Yeah, just right? let shit happen. Just let it happen. Raw Underground has huge potential. And like Chris said, you know Bray Wyatt is making this happen. Um, so hopefully... This turns into something, and Maria hit the nail on the head. She is bait, for sure, no matter what happens. She uh-huh. is bait, period, regardless of where it, it ends up. It has to be. It just yeah. makes sense, because they have it's a long-standing history. Yeah, they do. Team Little Big was and one of my favorite things ever. He's got to come back at some point. How else can they bring him back? Right. He's going to come back with, like, fucking barnacles and shit on him, you know? <laughs> Um. to save his Alexa and on that note I think that this has just been 100% wrestling podcast and I think we should leave it that way cool I think we should end it on this theory telling that we 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 think yeah might happen because that's pretty cool we do talk Um, about life topics every episode but this one we went we went down the rabbit hole Bray Wyatt's rabbit hole. The rambling rabbit there, hole. So. The rambling Which rabbit is good. Yeah. Which is good. Which is great. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm not going to sleep tonight. So thanks, Maria. Kyle's going to be up all night thinking about, <laughs> God damn, she's bait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I guess next week, episode 12, I'm going to put it in there where we'll talk about wrestling. But we are going to definitely talk about because I've been wanting to. I watch a lot of true crime. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, the psychological aspect of serial killers uh, and the pop culture that comes along with it. And Zach Efron playing Ted Bundy and almost immortalizing serial killers. We will save that for next week. Definitely talking about that next week. We may even just open the show with that next week. What about that? Ooh. I mean, the twists and turns just keep That's going. a twist. What a twist. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week for episode 12.